This is our liberation series. July 1st through the 6th, we're focusing on revolts of enslaved peoples in the Americas and combating the myth that our ancestors resigned to a life of captivity and degradation and passively faced oppression. It's time we recognize the spirit of resistance in our blood and honor our struggles and strides for freedom. When slavery is talked about in the U.S. especially, everybody just kind of makes it seem like the slaves were always okay with being slaves. Like, no one had a problem with this. They were just like, oh, this is my slave life and this is my lot in life. And part of that is due to being indoctrinated with Christianity. And that was part of the reason why slave owners finally taught slaves Christianity because it helped uphold their superiority and the slaves inferiority you've got people like kanye west and his ilk saying that slavery was a choice and because it lasted so long and they clearly didn't have a problem with it listen raven and i are gonna set y'all straight we found multiple rebellions uprisings thwarted rebellions and today i'm going to talk about the largest slave rebellion in u.s history And it ain't Nat Turner, y'all. Nat Turner's just the most well-known. Before Nat Turner, there was Andre's Rebellion. Andre's Rebellion, or the German Coast Uprising, took place in Louisiana in 1811. Now, this was just after the Louisiana Purchase of 1803. So, the U.S. had just gotten it, and it was still kind of lawless out there. So... Keep that in mind, because that's actually one of the reasons people say this rebellion is not counted. It was ran or orchestrated by this man, Charles Delon. At the time of the rebellion, he was 31 years old. And there is some discrepancy. Some people think he was either born in Haiti and brought to the U.S., or he was born in Louisiana. Now, he was a slave driver on the plantation owned by Manuel Andre. You know they had to turn us against each other and use us to keep each other in line. So that's why there were a lot of black slave drivers. That is what kind of gave him his ability to reach a lot of people. And they orchestrated this very well. They started this during harvest season and it went from January 8th to January 11th. They chose harvest season because slave masters gave slaves a little bit more freedom during those times. That's not to say the masters were benevolent. Please don't get it confused. Charles Delon, along with the help of Maroons and other runaway slaves, decided to start by taking out the master of their plantation. They attacked Manuel Andre with an axe, and they almost killed him. He escaped, though. His son, Gilbert, did not. They killed him. And then the slaves ransacked the house. They took weapons, livestock, alcohol. They were just cleaning it out. They started marching, and along the way, they started picking up more people because people started hearing about it. 
it started with maybe 15 people and by the end of it there were anywhere from three to five hundred men and women they began in Norco and continued on through the parishes of St. Charles and St. John the Baptist, which is 40 miles away from New Orleans. So you know lots of people were terrified. And by people, I mean lots of white people because the black people, they were all here for it. On their way, they started burning down plantations collecting people, collecting arms, collecting supplies, and this was very terrifying to the white people. The white people ended up trying to flee to either New Orleans or to the backwoods because they were afraid. And they had reason to be because these people were, they did not want to be enslaved. Slavery at any point was terrible, but it was uniquely terrible in Louisiana. I don't want to give the impression that this was a wild mob. They came to win. They were headed toward New Orleans. The slaves didn't have many weapons, so that's why they were raiding the houses before they burned them, but they used what they had, okay? They had pikes and hoes and axes, and they carried banners and marched to the beat of drums. They really meant this to be war. They even were broken down into subunits with their own individual leaders on horseback giving directions. This wasn't just a hodgepodge of people in raggedy clothes, you know, with no real mission. No, no, no. That's not what happened here. The white people had cause to be concerned because of their treatment of the black slaves, but also because black people outnumbered white people five to one at that time. This was just after the Haitian Revolution, which was successful. They did kill another plantation master named Jean-Francois Trepanier. To keep a running total of the people that they killed, it was two people. That's going to matter later. William C.C. Claiborne, the governor of the parish of Orleans at the time, could not let this stand. His white people were really terrified, and so he called up the militia. The local militia in the parish of New Orleans, as well as a volunteer militia from Baton Rouge, not only that, but Claiborne actually got some assistance from the U.S. Army and Navy. So they sent, collectively, between the militia, the Army, and the Navy, at least 700 people to quell this rebellion. And they did so on January 11th. They ended up capturing Charles Delon and at least 16 other people, and they hastily set up a tribunal. There are at least two tribunals. The first one was set up on January 13th. They quickly found him guilty of starting a rebellion, and so they sentenced him to death. They mutilated his body, chopped it into pieces, and then put his head on a pike. They also decapitated at least 16 other people and put all of their heads on pikes on the road leading into Louisiana. So the purpose of doing this, of course, was to pacify the white people. Look, we got all the evil black people, they're dead. 
and also as a visual aid to the black people. It wasn't just the slaves though, because there were also free black people in this area, along with other mixed race Native American people, and they wanted to be certain that nobody tried this shit again. I actually was lucky enough to visit the Whitney Plantation near where this happened. This is where I first learned about it, and they said that there are accounts of the smell of the decaying body parts and how the heads were eaten by wild animals, but they left them there until the flesh rotted off the bones. They did that. In the aftermath of this rebellion, the white people killed over 90 slaves. Some of them were hanged, some of them were mutilated and murdered. They also used the information that they got from some of the sellout slaves for their information on who did what and when and where and why. Those slaves actually got their freedom. Well, if you had to buy your freedom in your brethren's blood, then are you really free? I don't think you are. This also led to further restrictions on free blacks because when I tell you the white people were shook, their only solution was to make sure black people couldn't do anything without their supervision and without their knowing. I find it interesting that this being the largest rebellion, it's not talked about. A lot of people try to pass it off and say, oh, well, Louisiana was wild back then. It was just added to the U.S. and there was still a lot of unclaimed land. And when they say unclaimed, they mean by the white people because the native folks had no problem claiming their own land. So what else don't we know? Had I known my ancestors who were enslaved fought for their freedom and never stopped trying again this was january 1811 if you're saying the first slaves arrived in 1619 then this is almost 200 years later and they were still fighting for freedom they never just said oh, i guess this is what it is and i'll just stay a slave they taught us about the runaways but they never taught us about the rebellions mm -hmm.